What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Home and Away podcast. And um, if you don't know who I am, my name's Albert Gim, and I'm here with my co-host, the the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Spice. And now uh, we're we're back. We we haven't talked we haven't talked to you guys in a while. It's been about I don't know, like six weeks, eight weeks, something wild, right? But um, we're back, and if you've been listening to the Home and Away pod, you know that this is kind of like a we've got like a rotation going with different people from our website hosting every single week. And this week it's me, and I'm back with Josh. And um, Josh actually came up with an awesome name for our turn on this pod, and we're going to call this Logo Talk, which kind of encompasses some of the stuff that we told you guys that we'd talk about. I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to give Josh an opportunity to say what's up and also give us a little bit more background on how we got to Logo Talk. What's really good, Draft family? <laughs> <laughs> I was workshopping that one. Uh, yeah, welcome to Logo Talk. We're, we're happy to, to be a part of it. I'm, I'm happy to be back for the second time here. And hopefully we can do this more and more consistently throughout. Um, for... For us, for for Albert and I, as we're thinking about a name for this kind of home and away subset series, um, the the idea of logos, right, and brand identities always come up from Giannis to Ja to, I mean, name any NBA draft pick coming in, they will come in with a logo kind of pre-made, right? Mm. And I think that's uh, that's been a big kind of departure from what it was in uh, NBA seasons past, right? Like, famously enough, like people would just have uh, – once you get famous enough, once you once you hit kind of your stride as a player, the Kawhi Leonard's would go to a Nike, and then they Nike would essentially invent the logo for them. Russ mm-hmm. would go to a Nike, and then uh, Jordan, and then Jordan would invent the logo for them. But for all these kids coming in, they have this whole brand set, like this whole identity kind of set already. And we thought the kind of duality between um, shooting from the logo, which is again talking about the distance of which the game is uh, long range, more long range right. than ever. Um, also, the way that we refer to the logo, Jerry West, or the NBA as kind of the logo man, um, it's kind of a, you know, it's when you, when you say the logo in sports terms, you're usually talking about the, the National Basketball Association. So mm-hmm. all these kinds of things from the logo, logo talk. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a podcast. I'm discussing the, the kind of um, the business and financial and mm-hmm. brand identities of these players we love to idolize. I think I think that's that's a great description of what we're trying to accomplish here and what we're talking about. And I think it's funny, Josh, we talk about the financials of these players and opportunity and stuff. And the funny thing is, Josh and I will sit either in my living room or his living room together talking about finances and opportunities for our own personal lives. And, (laughs) you know, we're we're trying, but not super successful yet in terms oh God, of making, so depressing. Yeah, i know okay. i know but are we all talk or no no money's at a point at a point we Edit. are actually thriving uh we have many business ventures along the way mm. josh did not just close a bank account uh on on the weekend which is may oh or not happen at the chase branch on normandy and uh Olympic. oh my god uh, oh, <laughs> you know josh i was gonna say at the beginning i was gonna be like hey this is josh and albert coming to you guys from sunny and beautiful Los Angeles. And uh, I'm looking out my window right now and it is pouring outside and it's disgusting. And I don't know why I just interrupted you to talk about the weather, but when you brought up Normandy, I wanted to tell people where we're coming from. And, yeah. Um, it's gnarly right now. Yeah. I mean, that's such, that's such great podcasting skill on your end <laughs> and to really bring up the weather amidst all this really super, Super oh, happy to No, but I thought it'd be fun, man, for us. Uh, I do find it ironic sometimes that, like, the people who get to comment on these podcasts about maybe the stylishness of these players 
or the money of these players. We already talked about the irony of us not having much of it and us talking about the bag that these players are getting. But I thought what could be fun, Albert, from the top, a little surprise for you, is a little uh, Logo Talk first annual fit check. So I want to – how do wow. how, how do we stack up against these uh, these pros that have the stylish, that have um, this kind of grand closets, the, <laughs> the walk-in closets and, and such? I see a walk-in closet in your background a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you as someone who I think is is one of the bigger gearheads I know in my life. Like, talk talk me through uh, top to bottom what you what you got on while while doing this active activity of podcasting. Cool. Um, I'm absolutely flossed out to a T right now. Um, I'm just as as the kids say, I'm absolutely freaking dripped. I'm just kidding. I'm at home, and I've been sick the last four days. But you know what? Josh, I'm not gonna back down to challenge. Okay, I've got my, I've got my Yankees fitted on right now, oh, right we'll with the '98, the the '98 patch. I wear this one all the time, right? '98 World Series champs. Um, if you guys didn't know, didn't know, Josh and I are Yankee fans, and we're the best. I'm wearing a reigning reigning champ hoodie that I got. Ooh, a little left yeah. chest hit, RC left chest hit. I love that. I love this hoodie. This is a little reigning champ hoodie that I'm I like, and then. Me and my old ass, I'm wearing this like polo furry jacket on top to stay warm to, you know, fight for whatever. And then I'm like all warm up top. And then I'm wearing freaking Nike soccer shorts under. <laughs> and um, and then I'm wearing nothing on my feet because I'm Korean and I like to keep my floors clean and I don't wear shoes in the house, which I'll never, ever, ever understand that people wear shoes in the house but no hate no hate it's just i don't get it but um yes i'm just bare feet under my desk and my and my toes are just on top of each other don't give him the toe pics for free my guy all right that's uh that's in the patreon exclusive for uh for all draft deck needs that's how we're gonna make money that's how our financials get better before i go on to myself sure i mean i want to talk about you're you grew up in Queens and Manhattan, yeah, and now you find yourself at the ripe old age of some 30 some. Mm-hmm. You're actually wearing a polo jacket, man. You yeah. is are you the low head you always thought you'd be when growing up? I'm um, look, Josh, it's it's hard to throw around uh superlatives about yourself, but um, I'm classy, is what it is, you know. <laughs> I, from I'm, ashy to classy, let's go. You know what it is. My my feet might be ashy, but the style's classy is what it is. And um, you know what's funny, Josh? We talked about this. Like, is this like a thing? Like where we just hit our mid thirties, late thirties, early forties, and we just start buying all of our clothes from Polo Ralph Lauren, and we're just really cool. I I don't know, but I love this jacket, and I wear it all the time at home because it keeps me warm in my old age <laughs> to be honest that's polo money's the only money i want so ralph Lauren, that's right ralph if you're listening sponsor the podcast <laughs> we're actively taking um we'll be taking <clears throat> taking some incremental money from you but hey oh, no, I, I feel it i feel it but josh speaking of logos the polo man logo is such an iconic one you know and yeah. uh you're wearing a really cool logo on your on your beanie there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your fit now? For sure. I had to get my, um, you know, the rain came out and I had to get my Marvin Gaye beanie on. This is a brand new beanie. I'm very happy to be wearing it right now in this cold ass conditions, which is uh, the WJW knit beanie. It is um, our dear friend, kind of a friend, but more of a cool young, young, young of mine, uh, Hu Jung Woo. He's based out LA now. He um, also is very famous for the Dennis Rodman upside down tee. Yeah. If you've seen guys like LeBron or Pusha T Rocket, I think um, uh, Hu Jung Woo, Jung Woo uh, just kind of has been taking over, like at least uh, the LA and the, LA and the Virginia and New York kind of circuits mm. here. So it's really cool to see, man. It's 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 a Korean American cat just like us, but with like a really um awesome flip of like 90s, 2000s references. And I feel like, you know, we'll talk about this more and more as the designers uh that a lot of our players that we look up to or the players that we're watching on the court are um they're actively 
weren't stuff that's like from our childhood, you know, like for throwback to the 90s and the 2000s where we grew up. And so no, I think that's really fun to be around, man. And so if we as we go down my fit right now, uh, the hair is by head and shoulders, of course. Mm -hmm. Come on, Danja Free Gang here. Good God. Uh, this is uh, an Essentials hoodie, but it's Ooh. not just any Essentials hoodie. Uh -huh. This is not a sample, unfortunately. But this is from, I think, Season 1, Collection 1 of Essentials before. Wow. Um, it really kind of knew what I was doing, but this is has a hole in the arm on the elbow here, which wow. you know, it's been worn with a lot of love. Distressed. Um, we'll do a full episode, I think, on Jerry Lorenzo's impact mm. on the game, but I think his name will come up later, so I, I wanted to mention that as well. And uh, the scarf, I've been rocking uh, kind of larger scarves nowadays. Uh, it's kind of become an old Ajima Ajishi thing for all those uh, Korean speakers out there, which means like mm -hmm. older man, older lady thing, but mm -hmm. I love it. My girlfriend got me this beautiful Hermes handkerchief wow. uh, bandana, bandana kind of tie here, bolo tie here, which I've been rocking. And the bandana is from One Ear Brand, sold to by the one and only uh, Luis at uh, Silver Lake Market, um, based out of both downtown LA and Torrance. It was a pleasure meeting him. So yeah, hit him up on IG. They have awesome vintage, but also really dope Japanese bandanas. So yeah, I uh, I cheat. I, I jumped. I jumped. I jumped the the challenge a little bit by actually knowing that it was coming and and wore some of my special things. But yeah, I mean, you catch me in this. The the Hermes little flex right there is awesome. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and assume you're just not wearing pants, right? That's correct. That's correct. And all, no pants, no shoes. The Korean way, as we say. Oh, God. We're so washed, man. That's what it is, right? We're just like old Korean guys now. You don't think cool young bucks just on a Monday night just be podcasting? Like, who's, who's yeah. the coolest young podcaster out there? Right I don't know. Who's out Who of these is? streets podcast? Logan Paul? Is he the most popular? You know I what? Know. I used to like... To be honest, I used to like really like diss Logan Paul a lot. Or yeah, like, yeah. It's like, you know, he has a lot of drama and controversy. I don't really like those kind of people. Yeah. But like since he started knocking people on the ring, I I I got mm. really quiet. I'm like, oh, this guy <laughs> could actually jack me up. Like I'm I'm good. I won't say I won't say my piece anymore. That's what I uh for people who can mess me up. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't say those mean things anymore. But for yeah. anyone else, well Josh coming at your neck. Good for him. I'm sure he can't pull off a scarf like you can. So whatever. Uh, Correct. Screw all that. But um no, I, I that was that. Hey, I appreciate the exercise, man. That was cool. I I, I like that we got to talk about our fits, but um, that's kind of like gonna be a big part of like what we talk about today, right? We want to talk a little bit of fashion, want to talk a little sneakers, want to talk a little NBA, all kinds of stuff. But before we jump, obviously, our listeners, you guys are here to talk about some sort of basketball or draft or something, but. We wanted to do something different. I mean, you come to our channel, you come to our podcast feed, and you hear about college basketball players and prospects and NBA players every single day. But when Josh and I hop on for Logo Talk, we want to throw some different things at you. And so one thing we wanted to talk about, and we're going to talk about fashion and all that stuff too, but since the last time we've recorded, the World Cup came, happened, and ended right it's been that long since we recorded so i thought it might be cool if we threw a little curveball here and talked a little world cup you know because i don't know if you've heard the i show speed song um world cup right the greatest song of our generation but it was a phenomenon right it was a really big deal and a lot of people who weren't even into soccer got into soccer people who didn't know their own countries were in the world cup got into soccer so it, it was a, a a big event that only happens once every four years and i figured we should talk about it so josh any opening thoughts any um here let's do this okay what was one of the coolest or most memorable things from the world cup for you now obviously neither of us went to qatar like our like our homie ray who flew overnight and went to qatar and got to see a match there but for us watching from our tvs or our phones what what was something cool memorable awesome that you'll remember from this uh 2022 world cup in qatar yeah um for the listeners of episode one uh you would know that i'm a part of a Koreatown supporters group um, that not only organizes for our LAFC, the MLS Cup, MLS Cup winning champions, LAFC, 
but also the Koreans Bravo. men's and women's national team. And so we were, uh, my my good friend Deech and I were organizing watch parties in K across Koreatown for the Korean national team. And so That's right. getting up early in the morning, 4 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning to uh, essentially like, like start drinking soju and like organizing people was like, was actually really exhausting. I don't think I've yeah. actually quite recovered from that. But uh, watching watching the Portugal game was also Korea beat Portugal was incredible. Um, that was will be will stick with me for my entire life. And uh, I want to talk about the final after you kind of had your piece. But mm. I was at LAX for the second half of the final and si sitting at a bar watching the final with. You know the, the thousand other people at my terminal was actually a really beautiful thing so mm. yeah before I, I get into some of the more kind of brand fallout from the from the final i want to hear yeah. uh, what your thoughts were um first off great answer um i totally forgot that you organized all those events and you're doing big things during the world cup well meanwhile i was just watching and i actually went to if not all most of or a couple of the events that you hosted but um the World Cup was dope, man. And and I feel like and we'll talk more about this guy soon, but it, it feels it felt like kind of like uh what do you say, the passing of the baton, changing of the guard. Um, a lot of the legends of our time growing up felt like they <clears throat> um were starting to move on a little bit and we started to see the uh the next wave of superstars coming into the world of soccer, you know, guys like Mbappe who uh, won the world cup back in 2018. Right. But continued to be lights out unbelievable uh, during this tournament. And some of the other, you know, younger guys who made a name for themselves, guys like a Cody Gakpo, right. Who is now somehow uh, a player for Liverpool. So I don't know how that happened, Josh. I think you should, answer to that um and then we, even were, never, guys, we were never in on him it was maybe all, all, all false alarms maybe 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 um and then guys like enzo fernandez right for for argentina a guy who um is a player who just recently moved to benfica just like six months ago right and is now um being talked about getting picked up by teams like chelsea and other you know english giants and he was unbelievable in the tournament and i feel like that's that's kind of the fun part of the world cup always you get these players who just kind of pop off and go crazy. And then, you know, all these big club teams want to buy them. And I remember a couple of world cups back when James went crazy for Colombia and um, Real Madrid went and scooped him up. And then, you know, his career didn't turn out so great, but I, I think it's always fun to kind of earmark all the, all the stars that you get. Right. And how they get to show off on the, on the biggest stage and platform. And I thought that was really cool. So yeah, I think that's what it was for me. No, I love those. I love those parts about you know the largest stage, the the brightest yeah. stars will always shine shine brightest. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about the the Hameses of of uh, of World Cups past, even Diego Forlan, even prior to that. Yeah, O two Pak right, who came out from there. It uh, is Korean team. So no, it's good. And I think this the, it was a dream final for a lot of people because. Possibly the two biggest stars in world football history were yeah. playing in the final together. The previously mentioned Mbappe, and of course the the, the World Cup winner and the the legend himself, uh, Leo Messi. And I think what I always look for as um, someone who kind of more you know attuned to like marketing stuff is like at the beginning of the World Cup, I want to see how many teams are rep by Adidas versus how many teams are rep by Nike versus how many teams are rep by, uh, by Puma, which I believe was the only other kit supplier, uniform uh -huh. supplier that was outside the big two. But um, yeah, this this year, first of all, I'm talking about Mbappe. Mbappe is, he kind of threads the needle of the trifecta. It's a perfect kind of uh, perfect, like precision sniper blast, which is his club team, his own personal brand and his national team all are sponsored by Nike, are all mm. sponsored by the swoosh. Yeah. And so you never have any competing message anywhere. You will never see him with a competitor logo. True. And they got him when he was they they signed him at Nike signed him when he was 19, 18, maybe even before that. And so when you're talking about the baton being passed, uh, uh, the crown being lifted and, and passed on to this man, like young man, like 
this is a guy who Nike has bet huge on, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, to the degree of the LeBrons and the Cristiano Ronaldo's of the world, this is their next guy. This is their next it guy. And I think the result of the game ended how it was going to end. Most probably, The football world is probably f- fairly happy with how it ended just because the other guy on the pitch, Leo Messi, we'll talk about in a second, got his, got his World Cup. That was the most right. important thing for, the, for this all the storylines. But the fact of the matter is like that Nike's golden boy scored a hat trick in a World Cup mm-hmm. final the first time that's ever been done. Right. Like that proves kind of his medal in the brand arena again. And yeah. so – Again, like for these European soccer players, the ability to speak English is also very important. So Kylian Mbappe, who's fluent in French, um, I think he speaks a little Arabic, and now he's almost fluent in English as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be uh, the star to see not only like like if will he be a big star, just like how bright will his star shine? Mm. Like where does he take the game of global football from here on out, especially with an account like PSG, especially with a team like France. So mm. excited to see that. I think I think everything that you said is really cool and it's important for us to talk about it on this pod because all of that is also going to kind of get rolled into the NBA too. I mean, recently he was in New York with his homie Hakimi, right? And they were at the Nets game, right? And front and center and everyone's got eyes on him and he's a global star and even at a Brooklyn Nets game that was filled with stars of its own obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are there Ben Simmons (laughs) but anyway um he he was shining you know and he was a really hot topic and he was all over social media everyone's like oh Mbappe's at the net game he's it, it was a big deal you know and I think that's really cool too and I believe if I'm not mistaken I believe in the summer he was at summer league two in Vegas I might be wrong but he might have been and I also personally saw Jesse Lingard there too and he was real a lot shorter than I thought he would be um but yeah, overall, dude, I, I think everything that you said, I didn't even think about him in those terms, like him being a Nike athlete and then PSG's Nike and France's Nike. Like, I do wonder, like, how that even affects, like, his transfer stuff moving forward. Like, does he just stay away from Adidas branded teams? I don't know. But um, I think all that is valid. I think all that is really cool. And it, it does make you wonder because, like, even for myself, I have, I own uh, turf shoes that I used for football tournament I played in recently that are the CR seven, the Cristiano Ronaldo turf shoes, right? That they're, they're his model or whatever. And like it 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 is gonna be really interesting to see how as Ronaldo moves on, right, and he's gonna start walking or crawling towards retirement. I, I it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with Mbappe and how they start to market him and start to make his own line and his own or what what would you call like a player exclusive um shoes right turf shoes and cleats and whatever so i think all that's really interesting i'm I'm excited to see how they market and brand all that stuff for sure i mean and we have the the great fortune of having a friend in uh in portland who has designed an mbappe signature collection a kid's collection though so that's kind of interesting too about how they maybe they're like oh he's not quite ready yet but the kid's collection could be cute and kind of out there and like you won't get tagged that. But I think for the NBA draft community, another tie into the Nike France and Nike Mbappe account is another is is a French a French player coming in next year in Victor. That's right. right. That's right. Like as the Nike as the courting process begins with all these new guys, new new class of the draft, the NBA draft coming up, like if I'm a Nike executive, I'm throwing all my chips into throwing national hero Kylian Mbappe. Um, at Victor Wembayama and to be like, hey, like, let's make this thing, let's cement this thing to solidify not only France's soccer, soccer kind of culture, but also their burgeoning basketball scene, right? right. Like, we're, like the Pigalle scene over there, the street basketball scene over there, like it's mm-hmm. beloved over there. And I think um, I'm sure a smarter executive than I um, and Nike would have already been licking his lips or her lips to to feel like, yo, let's, let's get these two in a row. Right, right. No, I... It's all solid, man. And Victor is funny enough. I actually recorded. Um, I was actually interviewed for a documentary today um, about Victor, which was really cool. That was uh, actually sponsored by DraftKings. I don't know if I'm supposed to 
yeah but anyway um that that was really cool but um yeah man, victor is the next superstar coming um and and he's not gonna i really do believe this like victor i don't believe is gonna be a basketball specific superstar like i think he's gonna be a name that like people know and 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 you know that actually leads me to my follow-up question to you josh you just mentioned how our homie who works with you know uh, nike soccer whatever do you feel like mbappe has you feel like he has the star power to kind of pick up that mantle from CR7. It feels like that's what they're going to do. They're going to push him and they're going to pitch Mbappe as, you know, the next star or whatever. But for him to have his own line of cleats and and gear and all that stuff, like Ronaldo's cleats were always unbelievable. Like every time they come out, they're so cool. And they're the ones that all the kids want to buy and want to wear in their Saturday and Sunday travel teams or whatever. Do you feel like Mbappe has that same cachet, that same star power to carry the Nike soccer division kind of like that in the same way? Uh, it's a tough one because I think there really is truly only one Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. I think um, even though there was a falling out with my favorite European club and, and him, I think the legacy of the showman that he was, but also being able to back everything up was incredible. I think right. Mbappe, uh, like exactly, like I'm thinking about like how much do I really know about Kylian Mbappe, right? And it's like he was born to Algerian immigrants. He right. qualified both out for Algeria and for France, and um, he like grew up in like near Paris, near yeah. near kind of uh, near near the city center of Paris. But I wonder, man, because like, would you have bet on? the way that uh, like a Portuguese star versus a French star. Like, I think that's with like globalization and with like everyone kind of speaking English in a certain way or Spanish, even I feel like that's kind of transcended a lot of things, but I don't know until Mbappe has got to like do something crazy with his hair. Or, like I remember mm-hmm. when like, I, this is the thing, like when he dyed his hair blonde, I'm sure the Nike executive was like, Oh my God, like this, mm-hmm. this is our guy, but yeah. I don't know if that's going to be him. Right. When he's on the pitch, Maybe you sell him as like the fastest man in the universe, and maybe that's mm. becomes that's something where you can kind of sell that as 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 a performance wear. But I don't know; it's a little too early to say just because of how incredible of a marketing product Cristiano Ronaldo was very happy to be. You know, like he helped shape that himself. Yeah. I think that's kind of part of it. I think for Achillean, I want to see the dude mature and kind of find his own voice within the incredible Nike marketing machine. Mm. Mm. That. That's a good point, man. That's a, I, I do wonder what it's going to be. Like, a part of Ronaldo's whole brand is, like, his sick physique, too, right? Like, the yeah. guy's, like, so cut up and muscular. And not that Mbappe is not cut up. I Yeah, you know, but maybe he adds some muscle, you know, and that gets, like, his confidence going a little bit more and he takes his shirt off more. I don't know. I'm just thinking out You just want to think about younger dudes with their shirts off and their, their shorts off, bro. <laughs> Wingspan. Oh, we should just call it this a wingspan. The wingspan uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, that is I. That is I. Do we? I, I mean, I, on the other side, do we even have to talk about Leo Messi? Like, it's. Hmm. He, it was. I mean, a co- coronation is not the right word either. Like, it yeah. is. Now you get to really fun conversations about is he the greatest of all time? Right. Is he the true goat? And this is a guy who I think has to find his own image in a way that was so starkly different than Cristiano Ronaldo's, even as a contemporary. Um, he is Argentina's number 10. And I think that's saying a lot after the, the great life and career of Diego Maradona. Right. Uh, I mean, he's been name dropped by American rappers. He's uh, uh, the biggest. Uh, if, you, if anyone didn't see the crowd noise from our, from uh, Buenos Aires in Argentina, um, when they won the World Cup, like, you just got to be – and all NBA fans are fans of, I'm sure, energy and, yeah. and getting people together. Like, I've never seen anything like that in my life, man. Mm-hmm. It was insane. And for one guy to kind of do that, to kind of be at the helm of that for so long and finally get it, his chip, like, it's a story that you can, you know, you can hope for, um, you know, 10 out of 10 times. And if, if it happens again, like, you you love it. But he's truly one of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I – the way I like to think about it was it is it, it was the final piece of the puzzle, 
right? I mean, he's been, he even without that World Cup, he was considered by millions and people that have, as like the greatest soccer player of all time, right? Greatest football player of all time. And I think him going out, well, not going out, but finally winning the World Cup like that was everything, you know? And it's whatever. I, I think one of the coolest thing was, coolest things was um before the final obviously i am not fluent in spanish at all i think it had subtitles but i saw this video i think it was either on tiktok or twitter of this argentinian journalist who went up to him was asking him questions that she was like hey look before i end this interview i want you to know regardless of the result in the final you are everything to us and like that the way that she was saying that to him, the the love, the adoration, the respect, the honor, right, that she was speaking with towards him, I, I think perfectly encapsulates everything that you're talking about, Josh. Like he it, it is such an icon to the people of, of that country, almost like a, a god there, you know, and not just in Argentina, but a, across the world, you know, anyone who grew up during the time where, you know, uh, Messi was at his best, he is easily the GOAT for a lot of people. You know, he's an unbelievable player and somebody who will forever be remembered as one of the greatest of all time. So I, I think it, it was just really cool that he finally got his. You know, he was close in 2014, but he finally gets it here in probably his last tournament or definitely his last tournament right i mean he i know he hasn't officially retired yet but considering his age i can't see him coming back for another one but anyway um i just thought it was really great man and i and i love what you said too i think all that is right and correct and uh speaks perfectly to his impact on the game and not just the game in argentina but across the world and um yeah and that was um Kind of, I will wrap there in terms of the World Cup because we've got other things to talk about and we've already hit 30 minutes here, if you can believe it. Um, but yeah, we're going to take a short break here and we will be right back. All right, we are back from our break. Um, Josh and I went off and did incredible things with our lives in the, in the time that we had off. Um, we did nothing, but we're back. We're back. And um, I don't know why I lied to our listeners just now, but it's part of my brand. Um, You're good at it, man. You're good at I, it. Don't say that. Um, but, okay, something I did want to talk about because this was something that came up on Twitter and on Instagram and that I believe I tweeted something about. And I know for sure my that my my other co-host of the Draft Act NBA podcast, Corey Tulliba, talked about in one of our group chats was – the, the sudden news a couple weeks ago that Adidas Basketball signed a bunch of NBA rookies, like a bunch of them. Some of them, Dale and Terry, Johnny Davis, right? And, and I was really shocked to see how many they had signed. And I really it really made me wonder, um, if you're an NBA rookie, and obviously you're looking for some sort of brand endorsement deal, when it comes to your sneakers that you're going to be wearing on the court um, that has a lot to do with your performance and your comfort on the court. I, I asked myself, why in the hell would you sign with Adidas? I, I couldn't understand it. And, and we know if you have internet in your home or a television in your home, I'm sure you know what's been going on with Adidas recently and the fiasco that they had to deal with, with, with Kanye West and them figuring out how they're going to continue to sell his shoes without, you know, him being a part of the company anymore and all that stuff. And also just looking at, you know, some of the the people that they had already signed with Adidas basketball. They still sell Derrick Rose shoes and Hardens and Donovan Mitchells. And I actually owned a pair of Hardens and I hated them. And I, I, I can't I, I, I couldn't understand why so many players decided to go. I understand Adidas's point of view or, or their perspective yeah they want to go get these young guys kind of build up that part of their of their company but i wanted to ask you josh and maybe you can give me more context or a better understanding of why this happened but i i just couldn't understand it. like if i was an nba rookie i would not want to sign with adidas now of course if nike isn't offering me a deal and adidas is like hey we want to grab you and we'll give you millions of dollars of course i'm going to consider it but it, it's 
it, it seems like a tough sell to me with everything that's going on and with what they currently have. Maybe you can offer us a different perspective on the whole situation. Yeah, you know what? I don't actually find um, signing with Adidas like that big of a shocker or that big of a surprise. I, though, what I was more um, more surprised on maybe a few years ago in the RJ Barrett draft was the was Puma Puma coming in and souping in and signing uh, not only uh, did sign DeAndre Aiden and RJ uh, to a contract right away, um, where you didn't really see that happen before. But I think. Um, Adidas has always had a history of kind of, yeah. if not being able to pick the number one overall pick, the two through five, right? And I think that shows you um, the kind of the this, the 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 order of operations in which the young the young players choose mm-hmm. still. And I think that's been solidified even through the way that uh, Nike and Adidas are positioned in my career in 2K, right? Like everyone knows in my career, like you have to turn down Adidas first so you can wait for the Nike contract, the mm-hmm. Jordan contract, like that's already embedded within the culture so deeply that now it's digital, right? That's mm. that's digital currency. But I think what's interesting with Adidas right now with the departure of Kanye, and um, you kind of saw this with, I think, uh, I forgot what his name was, Wex, Wexler, one of the guys who was running Yeezy brands for all these years and Adidas uh, kind of originals for a long, long time. Uh, he left as well. But what we saw from Adidas two years ago and more recently an update, which is very confusing, is that Jerry Lorenzo, oh, fear of God, is running fear of god athletics mm. slash fear of god basketball through adidas like adidas mm. and him when jerry has an incredible record with collaborations like he's released uh an, an immense amount of collaborations with nike in the past mm. and adidas kind of threw the bag and creative control to do it enough so that jerry being a very religious man tattooed the three stripes on his neck to stand for the wow. trinity uh, of basketball and like this was supposed to be a grand stepping off moment into what the next version of uh, Adidas is. Adidas lifestyle and Adidas right. performance, how they intersect. If anyone, excuse me, if anyone is, isn't familiar, like Adidas is very, very strict about how their business is divided between Adidas performance and Adidas originals, which so mm-hmm. Adidas performance means everything that the players on field wear and Adidas originals means uh, the kind of uh, stance, Smith models, lifestyles, all that kind of stuff. And they really try not to intersect and try to try to try to kind of collaborate with that, um, mess with that line. In more recent years, you've seen that line kind of blur. And I think Jerry is the right person to bring that to fruition, that kind of blurring of the two Adidas projects. However, mm-hmm. what's interesting was Adidas basketball released uh released uh this video very recently over the holidays during a like big NBA spot. I think yeah. it was like remember why you love it, something like that. And the silhouettes that the guys are wearing, that the player is wearing, that the the way that it's shot is very reminiscent of Jerry Lorenzo and Fear of God. Mm. And shortly after, Jerry released a press release on Instagram saying, like, hey, like, this actually wasn't produced by my team. Uh, Our Adidas basketball project will continue, but I'm no longer at the helm. Oh, our Fear of God athletics will continue, but I'm no longer at the helm of Fear of God basketball. So, I don't know. It's very confusing because I think – no matter if he wasn't involved or not, I think there was some consulting going involved. There was some styling going involved that sure. made people of the Adidas kind of uh, family dress like one of Jerry's models, you know, and like in one of the biggest brand spots of the year. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see what their future is, man. I think basketball players are one. Uh, they're not like rappers in which when they get a contract, they said Rocky had an Under Armour contract back mm-hmm. in the day. Kendrick had a Reebok can- contract back in mm-hmm. the day. They wore their shoes, sure, their own shoes, but they're allowed to wear whatever they want. Like ASAP mm-hmm. was pictured in wearing Jordans right after he signed that Under Armour contract. Like they, like that's not really a thing. But for performance players, yeah, yeah. you're only allowed to wear that brand forever until your brand is kind of your brand deal is done, right? Mm-hmm. So right. maybe there's something about that. Maybe the Adidas athletes felt like there was just kind of push towards a more lifestyle mm-hmm. lane with Jerry involved that that mm-hmm. could have them like flesh out a bigger universe of. Adidas lifestyle, right? I think they've been incorporating a lot of soccer players in that way as well. But yeah, it's interesting, man. It's kind of confusing, it's convoluted as as many in the inside boardroom stuff is. But I don't know. I really do hope that Adidas, because you need a strong number two to Nike, or else they're just gonna get complacent and lazy, right? Like you want a Jerry Lorenzo to push Nike the same way that mm-hmm. Nike had to look over there next to, to see what Kanye was doing, right? Over here when he was still not, you know, being 
Kanye, the person he is today. So I don't know, long, long answer, long-winded answer. But my thing is like I don't think it's that out of the, the ordinary. Like you still have Dame Lillard, you still True. have Harden. Yeah. But we need to see a great new signature sneaker, and hopefully this lifestyle blend gives you something like that. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the great point that you made in the beginning that makes a lot of sense to me is considering the guys that they signed, a lot of these guys were not like the top five type of guys you know they they signed a lot of guys who were drafted in you know after the 10th pick and the 20s and whatever and i think that's kind of where adidas has always been right i mean i hate to say it but even like dame james harden donovan mitchell these guys are not lebron Giannis, right luca whatever so it it, it makes it jason tatum zion right it, it, it makes sense that those are the type of kids that they signed but i i think you make a good point man i think adding there, there needs to continue to be competition. And and you even brought up like Puma, right? Like Puma had a hot minute where they were trying to do stuff and they still are. They have LaMelo and the LaMelo basketball sneaker is regarded by, by Hoopers as like a really, really good sneaker. People really enjoyed, especially that first one. The MB1 was a very popular silhouette that was hard to get. They even did like, um, well, they did like a collab with Rick and Morty, or they called it like a Rick and Morty one, and that was really popular with the kids. Uh, Steph Curry with Under Armour, his shoes keep coming out, and they're also regarded in terms of performance, um, a really, really good sneaker. Do a lot of players in the league wear them? Not really. And, you know, the funny thing is if you look at the league right now and you look at what players are wearing, the most popular shoes are still like the, the GT Cut, the ones, right? The GT, GT Cut ones that came out like a year and a half ago. Um, the G, GT Cut twos, which came out recently, which aren't as popular, but players are wearing them. Players wear a lot of players wear PGs. A lot of players wear Kobe's still. So it, it is heavily, heavily Nike uh, across the league. But as you said, Josh, if there's more competition, the better. And like you know, I'd like to see Adidas come out with something cool too. Like I remember back in the days, like we. If if you were a hooper growing up in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, then you definitely had a, a pair of pro models. And if you didn't, like, what's wrong with you, right? Everyone had a pair of pro models, and you probably got them off of East Bay, RIP, right? Which is a sad day for guys of our age because we always had the East Bay catalogs. And if you're a Korean American, that meant that you had an East Bay catalog, but you never bought anything. And if you did, it was like <laughs> once a year. Uh -huh. But yeah, whether it was the pro models or the Kobe's that came back, back came out back in the day, you know, we I would love it. I think you make a great point. I would love it if Adidas came out with something really, really dope, and maybe, yeah. maybe grabbing all these rookies could be a part of them building out something greater and something better and something more exciting. So maybe you're yeah, right. I, I was just reminded of even like the Addy Lights, right? Like all right. that stuff when in, uh, in high school, college that were super popping. That's kind of a base model. Uh, that's kind of a GR. But what's interesting to me too, man, like you just talked about Steph, mm -hmm. like, and Steph's recruitment story to Under Armour is because Nike fumbled the bag, right? right? But I think that was inevitable because they were chasing too many different players. They had a certain scale for they want to want to work with. And now Steph's name because of himself, but also now his shoes and brand is so huge because Under Armour had the know-how and had the time to commit to him. So I think for all the young bucks coming in, like, Sure, the Nike contract of them like giving you the Zion level of attention is so important. The Zion signature, the Zion sweatsuit line, all that kind of stuff is so important. But maybe you go with a a, a lesser known or a not as popular brand because they can give you the attention to build out your signature in the way that you see fit. And maybe something for a guy like Johnny Davis, who was drafted like you know tenth, early, yeah. yeah, tenth, yeah, tenth overall, like. Nike's not going to give Johnny Davis like yeah. uh, the time to really grow his thing, right? The same way with even like the way that Dame grew into his Adidas contract. I think the Dame and Adidas stuff has been really beautiful in that way that's right. come out because like as like Dame's legacy grew and Dame time became a thing, like Adidas really was like, okay, let's jump on this right now. It wasn't like like I don't think the if the swoosh would have had the time to really talk to a Dame Lillard in that way, a Weaver State. Seen like a upperclassman who came into the, the league and plays in Portland. Like I, it's weird. Like I don't think they would have had that that kind of um, that that kind of feel with him. So right. yeah, I'm about the the maybe the the lower drafted guys like going with the Adidas and the Pumas of the world, even New Balance, right? Because I feel like you get more play and you get more airtime that way, uh, rather than being just in the kind of anonymous dude who kind of is sponsored by Nike.
True. Hey, I, I think I love that you uh, I love that New Balance shout at the end, too, because New Balance became such a big brand um, in the zeitgeist in 2022. And people absolutely love New Balances right now, whether it's the 550 model or 970, whatever model or the 2002R model. Like people are going crazy. And then obviously, like the collabs that they've done have been awesome as well. I think New Balance is the dark horse right now, man. Like yeah. I feel like even like if you look at like some of the gear that they're making, like their hoodies and like their like their their little like sweat um, combo. What do you call them? Sweat sets, right? Little hoodie and sweatpants sets. That's really cute. Sweat sets. <laughs> yeah, that was weird, right? But th those are pretty cool too. With the, like the really tiny red N hit right here on the chest yeah. and stuff. And I know people are like eating that up and buying stuff. Give us your thoughts on New Balance because for me, actually, no, not just for me. I think, Josh, you and I have always been like pretty heavy Nike. I mean, you can see my closet behind me. I've got maybe 50, 55, 60 pairs behind me right now, and they're almost all Nikes. But if you look here right at the bottom, I'm like pointing right here, I've got two pairs of New Balances that I just picked up recently, right? Can you speak to that speak to the influence of new balance and the direction you think they're trying to go as a brand yeah i mean new balance had growing up like and i just had no juice and had no sauce i think it was known as a dad shoe for good reason because it was kind of orthopedic in nature and look for a while i think even the the end kind of logo as a as a word mark as a signature was never that appealing and then you more recently right i think the two names that come to mind right away are uh, Ronnie Feig of Kith and now Teddy Santis of Amelian Dor, um, who would share a lot of roots and share a lot of friendships together. So it makes sense that they'd be partnered in that way together. And uh, the biggest thing, like I think in the last three years, the biggest brand in the world in menswear was ALD, Amelian Dor. Yeah. And what we were just talking about with Jay Lorenzo and the Adidas uh, collection, basketball collection, looking like him, but not necessarily him. Like you have the complete of uh, the complete, uh, the completion of that with New Balance right now because New Balance's creative director is Teddy Santis, mm. is uh, is Teddy Santis of, of ALD. And so New Balance was, I think, was really given pump new energy and new life by these like really like high-end sneaker boutiques and fashion boutiques like, and even the J Crews of the world, right? They had access to the New Balance archive and they pumped it with like new colors mm -hmm. and really, really awesome kind of tasteful, um, I'd say it touches to make it feel like not too luxurious, but also yeah. a step up from like the GRs of the Nikes of the world. And the more we talk about, I mean, with Albert, we, you, you say this all the time with the new dunks, right? About the, the failing quality of the right. release, the re-releases and the re-releases of dunks and even Jordan's like the, the leather, the tumble leather that they used to use was everyone would say buttery and all that kind right. of stuff. Right. You can't really say that about a lot of Nike shoes anymore, right? They've mm -hmm. gone with cost cutting a lot of way in, in a lot of ways for classic silhouettes and people, the newer heads might not know it, but I think people have been around for a little bit who are looking for quality that will shoot at a last, that's comfortable. The new balance starts to look a little more attractive. Mm. I think it really has a lot of, you're right, it has a lot of power right now. It packs a big punch. I. Um, it's interesting because uh, I just saw their lookbook again, and I'm like, wow, this is like an ALD catalog all of a sudden, right? Mm. And ALD takes their reference from Polo, so now we're all the way back at the beginning, right? It's like, boom how this kind of stuff is cyclical but hopefully the things that last are the quality stuff and mm -hmm. new balance for better or worse and maybe this is going to change after uh after they hit a lot of success but their quality and their comfort has always been premium and so right. maybe that the the maybe it'll be more uh fire than flash for once you know mm -hmm. and and i and i and if i can like connecting that all of that, everything that you said so eloquently, if we connect that to like the world of basketball, like the guy that the main guy that they picked up their first well, not their first, but because I feel like one of their first was Darius Baisley before he came into the league. But one of the big guys, I mean, the marquee guy they picked up was Kawhi. Right. And I think it's so tricky with Kawhi because I feel like his aesthetic and like him being kind of quieter, more mysterious. Like, I think that really vibes with what they're trying to do. Right. Style wise. But at the same time, he doesn't play enough. You know, he's been, he's always hurt. And so, like, I feel like 
in that sense, maybe that really hasn't helped them because obviously with everything you're talking about that they're trying to accomplish in terms of like lifestyle stuff, right? Um, men's fashion, whatever. But they're also trying to do performance stuff, you know, and their basketball shoes haven't been super popular or attractive because and i think part of that is also because they kind of hitched their wagon to Kawhi, and Kawhi doesn't see the floor all the time so <clears throat> considering everything that you said i i do wonder if and the reason why i mentioned them as a dark horse is that with all the cachet that they have right now and the popularity that they have going for them uh with all the different collabs they they've done maybe that's a, a, another huge move for new balance to find maybe a little bit more of a marquee name Maybe they can poach somebody from Nike that's getting overlooked a little bit right now or someone who or, or one of these rookies or maybe next. Imagine they just grab Victor, you know, yeah. and they and they say, hey, we'll we'll deck you out in ALD stuff or whatever. And you'll, you're going to look so beautiful in all the photo shoots we take and you, you'll be you'll head this next frontier of New Balance basketball. I feel like there has to be a move there where they can take this to the next level and not just rely on the great year that they had in 2022 and even 2021 before that. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about when we're talking about athletes only being able to wear one brand, what they're sponsored by. Yeah. I'm like, you got to build out the universe of the closet, right? right? Because I, I remember there's a point in time where I would look at new balance things and I'd be like, there might be one thing I would wear out of this entire thing. Like, but like I, you would catch me dead wearing like, like a sweatsuit combo, right. For all that kind of stuff. The same with Adidas. Adidas was struggling with a lot of that in the past. Like there was right. nothing that really hit. I will say for New Balance's sake, like the Kawhi teachers after they won the after he won the chip in Toronto, like with the fun guy, yes, um, and like the in the serif font and the old school font, and with the New Balance tag and with Boardman get paid, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Like you can see, like they have they're super smart in the way they do it. When you talk about maybe like plucking somebody away, like sniping someone away, I mean. Why can't they get Jason Tatum and complete the Boston story, right? Like mm. a guy who's like kind of coming into his own and his own personality. But I can't remember the last time Jason Tatum had his own PE, like for a Jordan that's mm. like, he just wears new Jordans, right? That's kind of what he does. Maybe you try and pry him away and like complete like this, like Northeast Boston made in America story with Jason Tatum. That's where I would hedge my bets to be like, New Balance, go, go get a Jason. Wow. I think. And this is like uh, I'm, I'm I'm going on and on, but if you guys remember when KD was becoming a sneaker free agent, mm -hmm. Adidas was going out for him heavy, yeah. really really heavy, and um, because after LeBron, KD was the biggest star in the world, young guy at the time. He still had didn't have a bald patch in his head at the time, <laughs> and so they they were really banking on KD being you know the the star that be around. And while his basketball career has you know achieved that and more of that star status like kevin durant as like a figure like i don't yeah. i don't necessarily know right it's like kind of like a boring figure adidas right. takes that money and signs james harden for all yeah. of his maybe lack of success on the on the court even though he's won an, an mvp and he's been great and all that stuff like what he did for adidas in the three stripes i think was immense so mm. you never know how this stuff shakes out maybe after they try and chase a Jason Tatum-esque person, who they end up with might be even better than that. But mm. yeah, if I was uh, a strategist for a New Balance, I'd be in the Jason Tatum camp right now. I, I think that's a really good idea, man. I, I can already see it. Like I could see them doing a photo shoot and he's wearing one of their hoodies and he's wearing a really clean pair of New Balances. And he's like, I don't know, at in this random cafe. I don't know, I'm thinking random stuff, but... I see it, man. I see the vision, and I, and you just gave it away for free. So, we continue to be bad at this money stuff, you know. Oh, damn. Is, that, is that is that a fact? DraftKings, yeah. or would you already sponsor this, or what? <laughs> send, send me some money. I was thinking, if, if anyone were to sponsor Logo Talk, who would it be? Who would be a good sponsor for Logo Talk? Uh, Blue Chew. <laughs> Blue Chew. <laughs> I'll play. Us. That's a good. That's a really good one. Like uh, maybe like a Grailed. Grail would be fun. Oh, that'd like, be awesome. Yeah, like you know, I know, like uh, when we were when out, me and you were on like sports car talk pod a lot. <laughs> eBay, eBay sponsoring yeah. podcast is freaking awesome. But somewhere maybe like a secondary market, but you and a Mitchell and Ness, like mm -hmm. I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we somehow have already recorded for fifty three minutes, and as much as I'd like to go forever, they do want us to keep these a little bit tighter. So this is what I'll do. You know, we have a long list of things that we wanted to talk about. So, Josh, we'll do this. We'll do like, you know, we're, we're hitting the road, right? Our final whatever. 
I know you want to talk about Shay. I wanted you wanted to talk about Westbrook. You want to talk about a lot of different things. Give us give us one thing that you you want to kind of give as a parting uh, word to our listeners out there. I know what in, in our notes you wanted to talk about the rise of Shay Gilgis Alexander as the NBA's most fashionable man. Maybe you talk about that. I, I'll leave it up to you. You have the you have the floor. What's something cool that you want to talk about before we leave? Okay. Um, you also put on John Moran once, made their debut, oh, yeah. and you were asking True. thoughts on it. I don't know. I mean, I I just haven't been impressed with a signature sneaker in a long yeah. time. I think yeah. maybe it's because the materials that are supposedly the best in performance wear are just not – are people are just kind of lacking a vision or identity mm-hmm. with them. Like, for such an exciting player as Ja, like, I wanted to see something like – just different you know this yeah. one could be a pg this could be a Giannis. like you know it is i, I think and that's like that's an indictment of where where nike's signature are right now right and i think that's it's it's kind of a sad one man basketball shoes used to look like just a range of craziness you know and yeah. I think that's what reflected the the diversity and the di- like the dynamism of the sport and the players that were the stars here so i don't know i think that's my my only thing is like uh i want it to be crazier I want I I'd hope Jaws would be more nuts without just you know throwing a colorway on that. Like I don't know, like take phone positive technology and make mm. you know make a signature, right? Like give me something like that. But um yeah, on that note, I think we did like a little recommendation reference uh, thing at the end of it. Yeah. Um the Netflix and one documentary is really cool. And I Ooh. think it talks about uh the rise and fall of and one. It's really, really sharp. It's like probably shorter than this podcast. It was like probably less than an hour. But it just was like four friends in college, these like three like white dudes who went to UPenn, who like was like, I love basketball more than life. Like, how do I do this? And um, they just like fell in love with it. And they they made Nike, they made Nike scared. Mm-hmm. This like young people out of nowhere, like really emphasizing street ball and like on like encore trash talk. Everyone remembers and one t-shirts. But it just showed me like, yo, you can make especially with like social media now with all the platforms platforming that you have, like anyone can make it huge and you can make the Titans really shake in the pants. So like, um, I love to see just new ideas coming through. I think the animal document is a great jumping off point. Cause you realize like, I mean, there was burnout at the end, like, and there was kind of like some shy dealing at the yeah. end. But what I took away from it was like, man, these guys made Nike shake and yeah made nike better in in all the ways that you you see him today right and i think uh yeah i think the animal documentary is really inspired for any younger heads or even older heads who are like i want to do something in apparel i'll do something in clothes or in sneaker wear because you're like damn anyone can really do it you just gotta love it hmm. and uh yeah that's kind of a, a one note and a reference in one that's awesome man yeah uh, isn't like the old saying go like you just want to see superman bleed something like that right and i think um it's a good point that you make i'm sure that's for any aspiring designers out there people who want to start something that's that's all you got to think about man just try your best and see if you can make superman bleed and um and hey with that being said i did want to kind of get on my soapbox here a little bit because you mentioned it before in passing and i did kind of want to follow up with with your statement because you talked about how i've said to you recently that nike Nike materials have been subpar. Um, I own a lot of Nike Dunks, and I hate all of them in terms of the 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 material that they're made. Actually, not all of them. Some of them were made with like nicer materials, but like the main, like okay, if you're currently the age of probably twelve to twenty three. I would say your most popular sneaker of you know, amongst your peers is probably the Nike Panda Dunks, right? That was popularized by TikTok, by influencers. The black and white, clean colorway became really popular. Everybody wanted a pair. And because everyone wanted a pair, whenever they dropped, they were being sold for three, $400 in terms of on the secondary marketplace or whatever. I fortunately was able to grab a pair just from general release off of Nike.com. I got the sneaker and they suck. They're absolute trash. Like I understand that they're pretty to look at because they're black and white, which is pretty basic, honestly. But 
the quality and the material is trash. I mean, these sneakers there, if you go on the Nike.com website, they say that these shoes are made of leather. When you hold the shoe in your hand, it feels like 100% plastic. And, and I think that's my bone to pick with Nike right now because the Nike Dunk, whether it's just the Nike Dunk SE or the Nike Dunk SB, right? These shoes growing up for us in the early 2000s, these shoes were a premium sneaker. They were an absolute premium sneaker. They used great leather or suede or nubuck or whatever different materials on these shoes that made them really special. Like I remember, I distinctly remember, Josh, when we were in high school or college, you had a pair of the California Dunks. And I remember looking them, looking at them on your feet thinking that that's a beautiful sneaker, right? And I'm sure for you, you really cherish that shoe. The first Nike Dunk that I ever owned was a Nike Dunk SB Eric Costin. And that's a shoe that mm. I still remember that I earned and I worked my ass off to buy the, I was working as uh, doing loss prevention security shit at a Borders bookstore in Manhattan to save up money to buy my first pair of Eric Costin dunks, you know? And that was a sneaker that for us at that time in our lives was a, a sneaker that we really put money away for, that we aspired to own and we worked our asses off to get. And when we got them, we cherished them as a possession. And I think for me right now, like I'm a little upset with Nike because you have all these young kids across the country who are willing to do whatever it takes. I'm sure they're begging their parents to buy them a pair of pandas and to, and, and to think that these kids, whether like, I'm like, let's talk about like a high school freshman right now who's begging their parents, maybe their parents are working two, three jobs, right? And they're begging their parents for a pair of pandas and they get a pair of pandas Christmas morning and they're holding plastic in their hands. That for me feels dirty and feels mm -hmm. unfortunate. And as a, as a Nike head and as somebody who loves Nike and owns so much of their product, I just wish they would kind of go back to that. And, and the reason why, Josh, for me, my favorite sneaker silhouette right now is the Air Jordan 1 Low OG because that is one of the few sneakers that Nike is still investing in in terms of material and quality, right? All the Nike, the Air Jordan 1 Low OGs, they're all still made with leather and good leather. It's not premium leather, but it's still good leather. And, and, and that's something that, Nike, if you're listening, and you may not want to even sponsor us after hearing this, but... You have such a huge following uh, all around the world. People love wearing your stuff. Give back to us, man. Give back to the kids out there who are now just starting out their love for you and for your product and for your company. Give them good stuff, man. Make the panda not just look pretty, but actually be pretty in its material and how it feels is the last thing that I wanted to say. How do you feel about that? I love that, man. I love that. Honestly, we don't, we don't really ask for much from our billion dollar daddies you know it's like it's just like if we're if we're about buying our childhood back like just make sure our childhood is identical to what it was you know like right. and i think the sad part of it is like the newer the younger heads growing up will never have felt the quality yeah. and difference and i think that's i think uh i think what we, negatively when you feel look darkly enough like that's what nike is kind of banking on is like right people to not remember enough or like the, the older generation not being into dunks enough and the, the new kids will just eat and eat and eat. But um, I don't know, like just building up that goodwill because this thing, it's a pendulum, right? Right. If the quality is that bad, it'll swing the other way. Correct. And like that, the, the, the hype quality needs to, quality needs to sustain the hype every once in a while at least. So yeah, I, I love that plea, man. I think uh, we deserve that just because we, we consume so much of the culture right. and we love it. Like we just want to make sure that the stuff that we we love lasts a little longer. Yeah. And and, and I think really quick before I end it here, Josh, I, I think the frustrating thing for me is that Nike still does do they still do dope shit. Like I, I just showed you recently you came over. I showed you the Air Max Penny, the Air Penny twos that I got yeah. where they collaborated with Stussy. The quality is great on that shoe. So we know that Nike can do it. Like when they set when they decide to make something dope and use dope material, they do it. And so my thing is like on small things like a general release where you're selling a Nike dunk for 110 and they released right at the end of the year that they're going to raise prices on dunks too. Well, if you're going to raise the prices, right, and you're going to make this a shoe that's super appealing to the youth of our country and across the world, then let's raise the, let's raise the quality a little bit is all I'm trying to say is, oh, is my, sure, is my plea, you know, like so, you have all these credit companies, like essentially being predators 
for like young people or inexperienced people being like, put it on layaway, put it on layaway, all that yeah. stuff. Like if you're making these kids put, you know, save their money, doing all the jobs, like putting stuff on layaway, like make sure it's something that they're going to love. Man. Cool. And I think that's, uh, yeah, I just, we want, we want the best here because that's what makes the culture better and competition, at least in this, in this arena, I do think earns that kind of, uh, that's that right. kind of leveling up. <sighs> well, for our listeners out there, we just gave you an hour and an hour plus of free content. We didn't charge you. We didn't ask for anything. We didn't ask for any shekels. We gave you free content. <laughs> and we think shekels. We think we gave you premium content. We talked about fashion. We talked about basketball. We talked about lifestyle stuff. We talked about soccer. Talked about all kinds of things. But before we go, Josh. Let the people know where they can find you on the socials and in the internets and in wherever. Give them your home address, whatever you want to do. Shoot. My phone number is 444 Just find me on Instagram at, at Josh Spice. Uh -huh. I'm on TikTok as um, Josh Whoa. Thrice. Oh, it's sick. Oh. It's so sick. But uh, I don't, I just lurk there. I don't do anything. Um, yeah, Twitter's weird right now, right? So just don't, yeah, yeah just I, IGDM. At Josh Spice, I love talking about Albert and I. Like he knows, like it's this is what we think about and talk about all the time. So yeah. if you got any kind of sports uh, marketing, sports branding stuff that you want to throw my way, like I love hearing about this. We even been even talking about more like long form narrative podcasts for something else in the future. Right. If there's someone that you want us to deep dive on, I know there's been some great like Twitter threads and like these are LeBron James's like top ten investments of all yeah. time. Like this is how he's going to actually become a billionaire before he's forty, right? Like. All that kind of stuff. Like, I think that this podcast can become big enough to kind of uh, absorb that and, and to, to facilitate, like facilitate that. So, yeah, if you have any uh, IG stuff at Josh Spice, if you're looking to hire a marketing, uh, what do you call it, coordinator, marketing mm -hmm. uh, kind of person to to strategist on this, yeah, hit me up on uh, LinkedIn. You know, you know where I am. Cool. Damn. Okay, so he gave you the LinkedIn, he gave you the IG, he gave you everything except for the Twitter because. Who knows, right? Twitter may not be around for long. I don't know. But you can find me at Alberto Gim on Twitter is where you can find me. At, at obviously part of the No Ceilings Collective, and we do a lot of stuff on Twitter, so I got to throw that out there. But you can also find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is GTGNBA is where you can find me. GTG standing for uh, Garbage Time Gim is uh, that. And, um, yeah, you can find me doing this with Josh. Um, every every couple of weeks and then obviously on the draft act nba podcast every single week with my co-host Corey tulliba um, on the no ceilings nba draft podcast feed is where you can find me and um that's pretty much it thanks for riding with us guys and of course um if you're watching us on youtube make sure to like like and comment and subscribe and do all that fun stuff if you're on um spotify or apple Podcasts or whatever just give us a show us some love we like love love is good love love right is good so show us all the love you can i think we deserve it and uh that's pretty much it we'll see you guys next time and um this was logo talk peace peace